Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Real Talk with Jody and Dow. My name is Shaman Dow, and I am your no-nonsense shaman, and this is my most immaculate co-host, Jody. And my most beautiful co-host, Dow. <laughs> yes, I basically am a researcher. I work with paranormal, and I have the largest website, NDE website in the world. It's called the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. We also have the After Death Communication Research Foundation and the Out of Body Experience Research Foundation. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm so glad and so excited that you're here. We're going to talk about grace. And in order to talk about grace, I'm going to start off with letting you know why I'm wearing what I'm wearing. This right here is really cool. It is a Navajo piece and it is a number eight mine turquoise. Mm. And the number eight mine is extinct right now. Uh, they don't mine out of it at all because all of the turquoise has been mined. And so this is a very rare piece. One thing about stones that is so cool is it radiates the colors of the universe. And, mm. and the color of the universe is harmony, the music of the spheres that Plato talks about. Basically, this color of turquoise is actually the color of the spheres. And I think that's why this is one of my favorite types of turquoise, because it radiates a universal energy. And so I enjoy it. That is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And I wanted to share also, I got and a very special package in the mail for Christmas. And Jody gifted me her beautiful statement pieces, like aligned specifically for me. So I want to share with everyone the one that I'm wearing today. Well, this is Jody's gift to me. And it aligned with the topic today we're talking about, which is grace. Can you describe this piece to everyone, Jody? Basically, what you're wearing is an elephant, it's serpentine jade. And you'll notice the necklace itself is also serpentine jade. And it's got kind of like a, a yellowish color, kind of yellowish, kind of green. But what's cool about it is Dow does so much working with a lot of the negative parts or the negative aspects that it helps her to have this that's hematite there. And it kind of helps to protect her. And so I was thinking that would be good. And the serpentine jade is a very calming. It's actually very royal. It's a very strong piece for you, not only because of the elephant. Whenever I think of elephants, I think of Ganesh. I love Ganesh. In Vietnam, what, what is the symbology for the elephant in Vietnam? That's a good question. Um, in Vietnam, particularly, I'm not sure, but the channeled message would be <laughs> the channeled <laughs> message would be that elephants are strong, powerful creatures, but very graceful in the way that they maneuver. Even when you see their trunks move left to right to over, they move with such grace. They do not pound on the ground as they walk. They flow and they float in such a way that it's as if the wind is gliding them along. See, <laughs> it, it, it really is perfect for you. Thank you. I'm so glad that you enjoy it. And I'm so glad that it fits you so well. <laughs> Thank you so much. So yeah, this is, it's a very, it's a very graceful gift. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
And today's topic, we are talking about grace as we are just barely four days in into the year of 2023. And grace is something that I would say a really beautiful topic to talk about in regards to self-care and self-nourishment and also to give grace to others. And right before we started, myself and Jody, we started talking about the definitions of grace. And Jody, go ahead and tell everyone how you prepare for each one of our podcasts. Well, I think it's really important that we all have an understanding because whenever you're going to talk about something, especially if it's a definition of something, you have to tell where you're going to be coming from. You have to hem it in and you have to say, okay, this is what we're talking about. Because a lot of people may have other ideas of what grace may be, and they may have different references. And so if we're talking about the same thing, then you can talk about it in context. The first place I go to is the dictionary, because I want to know the common understanding of grace. And you did it beautifully. Mine was uh, the same as yours, the unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or their sanctification. But it also can be easily understood, just a virtue coming from God. Very Mm -hmm. simple, very easy. Another thing is I look at the synonyms to say, okay, how does that affect what I just read? And so I came up with benevolence, gratitude, favor, kindness, mercy, and service. Then I went a little bit more into it. The Greek, they have the three sisters, the goddesses of grace. Greek mythology, they talk about the givers of charm and beauty. Biblical, grace is an unmerited favor of God towards man. They also, as I was being raised, biblical, I always thought that grace meant the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, part of the Trinity. Now, the Hebrew, they talk about the beauty, which is precious and graceful gift or place from the divine. Navajo, they talk about the beauty way. That's all about grace. Well, you know what I was thinking as you were explaining these different definitions of grace? I was thinking to myself, wow. I am so lucky to have you as a co-host, as the researcher you are, to deep dive into the understanding and knowing of even one word, which is grace. And I love it because I'm also a questioner and critical thinker of, of all. And just because I work in the hidden realms and in the hidden worlds does not mean I don't ask so many questions in itself in this world or in that world. I always appreciate, I always, always appreciate those who ask questions and really want to know more and to absorb more wisdom and knowledge because it gives me a perception of the person that they are looking at what is presented to them in all different manners, just like a light fractal and a soul fractal. There's so many different sides. So I was thinking, Jody. I was like, wow, I am so lucky and so blessed to have you as my uh, my co-host. You know, you could come out and you could just say, hey, I'm going to talk about grace. But Mm -hmm. what exactly does that mean? We're talking about a whole human planet and they have all different concepts and ideas of grace. And one idea of grace may be very different than somebody else's. So you're looking at truth you're looking at communication, and you're looking at sort of a consensus and to get people to think. And if that's all I can get people to do is to think, I'm actually happy. Anyways, let's talk about Plato. 
He's an ancient Greek philosopher born in Athens around 427 BC. And his teacher was Socrates. So a lot of people go, oh man, that's history. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, one of the things he came up with three things that have to do with the idea of grace. The first one is that he uses like a rational method of trying to discern divinity. And in many ways, that's what we do at Enderf. We get the divinity of people who have been to the other side. Uh, many talk to God, many will talk to Jesus, many will talk to other people. And so you get kind of an idea, a flavor that this is a rationality. You look at how people describe things, and then you could describe it to others when you're teaching this particular subject. So humanity is separated from the divine. That was the first thing that he said. The second thing that he said is that the law of the divine is written in the human heart. We all have a part of the divine inside of our heart, inside of us. And the third thing was that there's a fundamental desire of the human heart to reconcile with the divine. And that just means, why are we here on earth? We are basically here on earth to learn different lessons. We're trying to discover our divinity, to remember how to love, to learn these lessons of love. So I really enjoyed learning about Plato, but I'd always had these questions in my mind. And I said, well, what exactly is ethics? Then people say, oh, go to John Locke. I want something more tangible. I really do. And when I read this from Plato, I said, oh my gosh, think about it. If humanity is separated from divine, he talks about it in terms of how stable objects are objects of knowledge, such as fact, it's stable, predictable, and eternal. He also talks about objects of perception, which is basically the human experience, which is unstable and mortal. And you think about these are objects of opinion. Now, isn't that interesting? The difference between facts and opinion is all wrapped up in grace. I went, well, isn't that interesting? Then I always wondered, why does somebody want to be arbitrarily pick these things? And then it turns out that by reading this, it's not arbitrary at all. And basically, the way that Plato explained it is that this is part of the law of the divine being written in the human heart. We all carry the divine and the law of the divine in our hearts. And he put it this way, that it's necessary to educate humans to understand this divine law, and this will lead to wisdom and happiness. And he talked about this in the context of managing an orderly household that's self-sufficient and produces orderly, educated citizens of the state, honoring and caring for one's parents, managing the affairs of the city well, and benefiting its citizens and behaving in a pious manner. Okay, so what is not divine? He brings it back almost to language that has to do with music because you've got harmony and dissonance. And this dissonance re results from misguided line of reasoning or some disorderly hidden desire, lack of harmony with the divine in the human leads to sin and wretchedness. He actually puts it into grace. 
Now, the fundamental desire of reconciliation, our motivation to get to heaven, it has to do with human having gifts and opportunity to develop those gifts. So long as education is used to actualize the potential of these gifts. And that education has to do with the correct thinking and rational mind. Gifts without education will lead to dangerous and miserable people. So let's open it up. I'm sure you've got questions and stories and all sorts of good stuff. Well, thank you for sharing. That was beautiful. I've never heard that. Um, well, I, I've never, I've never Googled or I never searched for uh, really <laughs> diving into the definition of grace because the connection of it starts in the home. It starts in the heart. It starts inside. And I know we speak about emotions a lot, but we are humans and we have this human experience and we are emotional beings. And the resonance, and and when you were talking about the music and it goes back into harmony and dissonance, I was taught from my hypnotherapist teacher about resonance and how, for example, somebody who felt fear when they were younger during a traumatic experience, when they grow older and they have a different person in front of them or a different experience, but it resonates with the fear that they felt before, the person will react emotionally because of the resonance of the same feeling of the emotion. Same thing with sadness and anger and guilt and shame. And so going back into the music aspect of it, my teacher even said, Cal Banyan said, when you have two instruments in the same room and you hit the chord in a piano, it will vibrate through the ethers and it will actually hit the same chord on a guitar. And I was like, that makes so much sense. And grace in itself for me personally It is something that I have strived to give myself for a very long time. I know, as well as you do, a lot of people who are not giving themselves grace. And moving through the aspect of grace and kindness and the synonyms of grace to give to oneself is very difficult for a lot of people who have not developed their gifts on this planet. Whatever gift it may be is something that each one of us has within. We all have a gift to share. We all have a gift to develop. But how many people actually develop their extrasensory, their amazing gifts to pour out into the world? Because a lot of us are conditioned to believe whatever is happening around us defines us. We identify with it. And we become it versus diving, going inward to find the grace, to give ourselves grace and to really pour out the grace within. I've got to agree with you. When you're in the presence of somebody who is totally full of gratitude and full of love, that person resonates at a certain frequency. As humans, we are conditioned to be able to pick up on the condition of a room or condition of a person or condition of something before it's even made conscious. We automatically can feel it. 
And so if you can feel that love, you're tuning into that love. I think part of it is a human way of being able to self-preservation, you know, to see a, you know, friend or foe. But at the same time, it goes with the idea of grace, being able to pick up on somebody else's gratitude on their grace and being able to spread that grace to other people. Very, very beautiful thought to be able to do that. Now I've got these gifts. Now, how do I share them? You could be a virtuoso, you could sing, you could play a music, you could just even be kind to one another. There's so many beautiful things that we can do for each other in 2023. The world needs more kindness. The world needs more grace. There are many people out there who a smile, a thank you, or a hello would actually shift their entire day. And that is graceful. And it's being graceful. Growing up, I thought graceful was like the Hollywood graceful. And I grew up <laughs> in Orange County and I was like 30 minutes away. And I spent a lot of time in Hollywood. And that was my idea of grace full because they were full of grace being on the screens and walking around just, you know, even my hometown and going to restaurants and things like that and seeing stars and celebrities that shifted my, my perception of that shifted a lot. And so being graceful, giving grace, I always go back to, you know, pouring into oneself, being graceful to oneself pouring grace into you, be graceful with your actions and how you operate. Because a lot of times, a lot of people do not understand that they're emotionally reacting because of the resonance of a deeply rooted emotion that happened way back when in this life and a parallel life in a past life. And it compounds over how many years until someone says, enough, I'm tired of reacting this way or whatever it may be. And then they start giving themselves grace by whatever means possible in regards to investing in themselves and pouring into themselves. We live right now in a time where there's not enough for a lot of people. And this not enough for a lot of people is it's sprinkled and it's really scattered around the world. And those who have enough, whatever enough may be, and it doesn't matter if it's funds or finances, but even the time or effort and the ability to say hello or give a hug or just be kind and nice. That's what the outpouring needs to be more so now than ever. When I look at grace, I look at it as sort of a way, you know, it says the fundamental desire of the human heart to reconcile with the divine. Well, how do I apply this to my life? What do I need to think about? And I think you just take your gift and you bring it into a state of flow. And when you're in that state of flow, you're automatically reconciling. You're becoming one with the universe. You're becoming one with your energy, with everything that is good and full of the divine. You are merging. And I think that's kind of what the flow is. So you take your gift and you flow it. I love it. And I'm going to add <laughs> something to that, Jody, because... I am that person that sees a flow state and says, okay, that there's obstacles there in order for someone to flow out. There's obstacles in order to have them flow. And those who 
come from very traumatic backgrounds and have had compounded and complex PTSD experiences, it's very difficult to be in flow state. And so I wanted to give a couple of pointers in to begin the process to push through because the only way out is through. And so to push through all of the obstacles that may hinder them. And there's something called EFT, emotional freedom technique and tapping. And this is a really easy modality for anyone to do for five minutes. You tap on the meridian points of your body and you state certain mantras or there's a bunch of EFT videos on YouTube and (laughs) there's meditation. So you meditate to ground thyself, even grounding exercises, Qigong, Tai Chi, things like that to have a person go into flow state to move through these stagnant and blocked emotions or obstacles, whatever they may be, because a lot of people are actually very powerful rivers. And it's not like you can move a river, but you could actually move the rocks within the river to direct and move the direction of the river per se. And so it's literally just moving certain rocks. Some of these rocks are bigger. Some of the rocks are smaller, some of them compounded, and they're just, you know, this bigger hump, but these are certain avenues in order for someone to really push through to connect with the divine and source within God within one must dive inward, but a lot of people are afraid and they have a lot of fear of moving through these dark spaces. Yeah. But even going to those dark spaces within is grace. Yes. I think one thing that is extremely important, especially in today's society, it's education. It's what do we teach to our children? Do we teach them to use these gifts properly Or do we just give them agendas? And so I think it's really important that we, as a society, educate our children in ways of being citizens, as being self-sufficient, caring for your parents, caring for your city, caring for your state. I know a lot of people have never heard of that before. A lot of you have. But these are things that will allow you to accept God's grace and be able to reconcile with the divine. That actually sounds like a lot of taking action. I think it's something that we're going to need to do because our education has slid so far that if you go into any kind of a store, it's pretty rare if you get a hold of a youngster who's working there that they know how to count change. I mean, they don't even know arithmetic anymore. There's so many things that they do not know, but boy, they know about woke stuff. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We really do need to start getting you back to wisdom, back to happiness. I realize that these may be antique things, things that they say is passe and all that kind of stuff. But there's a reason that these people from 427 BC, I mean, these are people that are thousands and thousands of years old, but they knew how to keep a society going and how to live in a state of grace. They knew how to do it. And I think that to just throw everything out and say, well, we know better because we're 10 years old, (laughs) 13 years old, 40 years old. I mean, that doesn't even compare to thousands of years of age. That's a core value. I feel that we've lost our way from core values and beliefs when it comes to our education system and a lot of our systems. And it's not necessarily for the people or it's not for the good and the highest good of a person, of a human being, but for the highest good of how much money one can make via the systems. 
And we've spoken about this. I I love America. I love the fact that you can come here, put your head down and you can make something of yourself and you can make hand over fist with money. It is one of the best countries that has so many opportunities to capitalize on whatever you would want. But the consumerism and the greedy aspect of the tax evading <laughs> big companies, <laughs> is a, that's a trigger point for you, I know. So... <laughs> I recently spoke with one of my students and we were talking about a project that we're going to put in place and it's about school and the foster kids as we spoke about. And she mentioned that PE is not necessarily in the schedule anymore. And she said it's maybe once a week now. When they took out like art classes and things like that so many years ago, and that's to nurture and cultivate the right brain of the children. And I was like, wow, that's, that's really, we're going really backwards. And it was only a couple of days ago. She mentioned that uh, PE is now maybe once a week. Well, you know, I got to tell you, I am actually really happy to be living in Kentucky because they have family values. Mm -hmm. You don't see hardly any children who are fat maybe one or two out of a hundred. I mean, it's amazing. They have family values. They do their sports and their activities. And you don't get a lot of this dissonance that Mm. Plato talked about. Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of grace in this area because people are thinking the proper way. They're educated citizens. They are self-sufficient and they're orderly. You get all these very positive qualities of people. I mean, it's actually a very beautiful place to be. I'm going to move there and build build the school and community <laughs> over there. <laughs> you know, when I think of grace, I actually think of forgiveness. That was the first thing that came to mind because when a person has been disgraced or they've been put into a place of despair, then there's a reconciliation with the family. To me, that is a form of grace, because to have the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter come back into the family and to become a strong member person, uh, that is a total gift from God. It's a total graceful thing. It strengthens the family and you're stronger with each other as well. So in my mind, that was the first thing I thought of when I thought of grace. That's so beautiful. Grace is forgiveness because, and then when you were talking about that, I was thinking about the different dialects of grace. So when I see, I love languages and I speak six languages. And it's one of those things that when I see and compute someone speaking about a specific topic, I think about different dialects and how grace in itself, we've been talking about grace and we've been talking about different kinds of grace. There's religious definitions and the context of just regular grace within the human form. And even grace is forgiveness is a dialect of grace itself because grace is a language, just like there's so many love languages, but grace in itself is a language and a language of forgiveness and of gratitude, of kindness, of love. It's all of the above. I'm so happy that you brought that up. Grace is forgiveness. Thank you. I really appreciate it when you're able to take what I've said and and give 
more meaning and depth to it. I think that's just a wonderful thing to happen uh, with the dynamics between us. This is why we are the dynamic duo. And this year for 2023, I don't know if you, everyone listening, thank you so much for listening to our podcast because it has been such a pleasure for myself and Jody because we chit chat about this and we are so excited to be presenting ourselves in a way of just having real conversations and real talk about, and pun intended, but real talk <laughs> about these topics that are sometimes very difficult to process and digest and even in itself to dissect and to define certain topics to give grace to inspire to motivate to give wisdom and insight it has been such a beautiful journey for both of us and we're only beginning Jody. Thank you, Dow. So wonderful. So wonderful. Jody, do you have anything else to share for all of our listeners before we we finish and end the first podcast of 2023? I want to say thank you for everybody for showing up and for listening to us. And I, I just wish you all the most of the prosperity and the love and the peace that comes with 2023 because we can do this tenfold. I'm going to add tenfold to your statement because I want everyone a hundred times to get it. Thank you so much. Have the most immaculate weeks, months, year. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye.